It matters not whether you are big or tall or short or small. This simple truth applies to all. You will most definitely have a call, but just as certainly you will suffer a fall. And how you deal with your fall has everything to do with how well you live and fulfill your call. Jonah, my brothers and sisters, was called. He was called to be God's prophet to the Ninevites, as we heard a few moments ago in that first reading. The apostles were also called. They were called to be leaders among the very first followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We heard that in today's Gospel text from Mark chapter 1. And we also are called. That's not new, you've heard that before. We are called to a number of things. We are called, first of all, to be different. Maybe that's one reason why a lot of people don't take their faith seriously. They don't really live their Catholicism. They want to blend in with the crowd. Well, we are called as disciples of Christ to be different, to stand out, to be different from those out there in the world who are materialistic and hedonistic and selfish. We are called as disciples to embrace and to live Christian virtues in every dimension of our lives. That includes at work. And it also includes when we are behind closed doors. We are called to be holy. We are called to serve God by doing his perfect will in our lives. For most people, that involves marriage and natural parenthood. For some of us, it involves the priesthood, the diaconate, and or religious life. For others, it involves service in the church or in society as a single person. Those are the three primary vocations we have. And within those three primary calls, there are particular calls that we have individually to serve God in a chosen profession or in certain charitable organizations in the church or in the world, as many of you do, or in some other way. But regardless of what your call is in this life, at some point along the way, and maybe several times along the way, you're going to fall. As I indicated a few moments ago, for every human being there's a call, but for every human being there will also be a fall. And here I'm not just talking about a little mistake. I'm talking about a decisive moment of failure that challenges your vocation or call and threatens to destroy it. It might take the form of a big temptation that you begin to give in to. Even the temptation to give up. You know what God wants you to do, you know what your call is, but it gets frustrating and sometimes you just can be tempted to throw in the towel. That's a kind of fall. Or it might be something more serious, like an act of adultery in marriage or some other mortal sin. And how you deal with that fall has everything to do with how well you end up fulfilling your call, as it says in the last line of that poem that I shared with you at the very beginning of my homily. What's very interesting, 
What is quite noteworthy about the prophet Jonah is that his call and his fall happened almost simultaneously. That is somewhat unique. For most of us, the call and the fall have a period of time in between the two of them. Not so with Jonah. If you know his story, you know God called him to go and preach to the Ninevites so that they would repent and be forgiven of their sins. You know what Jonah did in response to that call, that special call from God? He got on the first boat headed away from Nineveh. He went in the opposite direction. And it becomes clear later in the story why he did that. He hated the Ninevites. He knew God would forgive them if they repented, and he didn't want them to repent. He wanted them to get fried, not forgiven. He wanted fire and brimstone from heaven, not kindness and mercy. Well, God wasn't too impressed with that fall or with Jonah's antics. And so, as many of you know, he sent a storm onto the sea. Jonah ends up getting tossed overboard, swallowed by a big fish, where he spends three days. At the end of three days, the fish spews Jonah up onto the shore, and God calls him again. That second call was what we heard in today's first reading. Well, this time Jonah got the message. God has a way of making things clear, you know. Don't do it the first time. Okay, here are the consequences, Jonah. He went, but he went begrudgingly. And he did preach the message, yes. After which, everybody repented. From the king on down. You know, I've often said this publicly. Jonah is the envy of every preacher. The guy went one day. And the whole place turned to God. Can you imagine that happening here on Christmas or Easter? <laughs> this place would be full every Sunday. I should be so blessed. However, the story of Jonah ends very sadly with the prophet sulking like a five-year-old and praying to die. And he prays to die because he's still angry. He's still filled with hatred. He's still upset that God has actually forgiven these Ninevites and not destroyed them. From all indications, it appears that this prophet's days as a prophet were finished. And it leaves you wondering, at least it leaves me wondering, how much more good could Jonah have done? How much more good would Jonah have done had he responded to his fall a little better? How much more good could he have done and would he have done had he responded to his fall like the apostles responded to theirs? They were called by Jesus in this scene from Mark 1, but we all know the story. They fell and they fell very hard three years later, Holy Thursday night, when the whole bunch either denied him or betrayed him or ran away in fear or some combination thereof. But they all came back with the exception of Judas, who responded to his fall in the wrong way by despairing. Although, and many Christians are not clear about this, he could have been forgiven like the rest of them. Bishop Sheen used to put it very well. He used to say the tragedy of Judas, the great tragedy of Judas, is that he could have been Saint Judas had he responded to his fall with repentance like the other eleven. 
How you deal with your fall has everything to do with how well you fulfill your call. It's never pleasant to hear of a fall when it happens. But you know what? It's always a joy when you see somebody respond to their fall in the right way and then move on successfully to fulfill their call in life. I remember early on in my priesthood dealing with a couple who were experiencing severe difficulties in their marriage. They were both called to holy matrimony, but he had been unfaithful and she found out about it. Needless to say, she was livid. She was angry. And she should have been. She had been betrayed. By the time I met this couple, which was long after the affair had ended, he had repented of his sin. And he was sincerely trying to make amends. And she knew that deep down inside. However, she still had this anger within her that sometimes bubbled over into a rage. And it wasn't pretty. And he experienced that rage a lot. But to her credit, she persevered, and so did he. And together they really worked hard for a number of months to restore the trust that they needed to have in their relationship. And last I knew, happily, they were doing very well. You see, they responded to that fall in the right way. As I was preparing this homily the other day, I was online and providentially I happened to come across the personal testimony of a man named Chuck Colson. His story is yet another story of a fall after a call. Now, if you were alive in the 1970s, most of you, I think, were, the time of the Pentagon Papers and the Watergate scandal, you know who Chuck Colson was, who Chuck Colson is because you heard his name on TV and read it in the newspapers pretty much every day. Chuck Colson was the chief counsel to President Richard Nixon during Nixon's first term of office. During that time, he was usually and often referred to in the press as the White House hatchet man. He was not a nice guy. In fact, at one point he was quoted as saying, and I just found this quote the other day, he once said, I'd walk over my own grandmother to re-elect Richard Nixon. I don't know what his grandmother thought of that, probably not too much. Needless to say, he was ruthless. And then came Watergate. Colson eventually pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice. He was sentenced to one to three years in federal prison. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of all that political and legal turmoil that he was going through, the man experienced a conversion to Jesus Christ. A conversion, incidentally, that was ridiculed by the people in the secular media. And on the one hand, I can't blame them for it because they knew what the guy was like beforehand. They didn't believe he would change. They didn't believe he could change. But he did. So much so that many years later, when Mike Wallace asked him during a 60 Minutes interview, Chuck, how do you now look back on Watergate? The former White House hatchet man responded with these words, and I quote, Mike, I thank God for Watergate because I learned the greatest lessons of my life. The teaching of Jesus is true. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake 
shall find it. Colson spent seven months of his one to three prison term in jail. But in a certain sense, my brothers and sisters, Chuck Colson never left prison. I say that because in 1976, he founded an organization called Prison Fellowship Ministries, which has since become one of the largest and most successful prison outreach programs ever. 40,000 volunteers who minister to prisoners, also to ex-prisoners, because that's very important when they get out there in the world, that they don't fall back into their old lifestyles. They also minister to prisoners' families. Colson even has satellite programs now in 112 countries throughout the world. Some people thought Chuck Colson's conversion was an act. Some people thought it was superficial and it would never last. But it has, to the point where he is now one of the most respected and admired evangelical Christians in the world. I mention this today because here was a man who had a call. A call that very few people in this life have and experience. He had the call to serve at the right hand of the President of the United States of America. And then he fell, big time, flat on his face. But out of that painful fall came a genuine conversion. And that led to a brand new call. That, my brothers and sisters, is the kind of thing God can do when we respond to our falls with faith and with repentance. In other words, when we respond to our falls like the eleven apostles and not like Jonah. <laughs>